Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the deep dive. It is me and it is the one, the only, the man, the legend that is Mr. Analytics himself, Mr. <laughs> Josh Williams. <laughs> Start again, please. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking way. Um, we're here to look at Liverpool's 3-2-5 formation. We're here to discuss Trent Alexander-Arnold. We did it last week. We're going to do it again. We've got more of a sample size. And we're going to talk about what that means for Liverpool's transfer strategy moving forward. So without further ado, the one, the only, the Mr. Legendary Josh Williams, I think I said it better the first time, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, is going to talk us through... Um, I suppose, first of all, we've got to start with the 4-3-3 formation, haven't we? So we yeah. kind of knew what Liverpool were... The profile of player that Liverpool were looking at in a 4-3-3 formation. So if you talk us through that first, I suppose, mate. Yeah, well, it's, it's obviously a big summer, isn't it, for Klopp? Um, in terms of the front three, I think we're pretty much done in attack. So we don't specifically need to talk about those profiles. You never got. know with Jürgen, though. No. That's true, you never know with Jürgen. thought like. we needed a midfielder in January, but we got another attacker. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Imagine if he goes inside two more. I know. Um, but we have got a lot of players who are well-stocked in attack, aren't we? So I think they're all right. Um, but going into this summer, we know we need a completely new midfield, really. And we potentially need uh, a similar cash replacement if he's sold. Potentially need some form of centre-half if... Massa believes and, and Philip believes and things like that. But we thought we knew exactly what to expect, specifically from the midfield and from the fullback. Start with the fullback. Robertson, Trent, Simicas, now Calvin Ramsey, I suppose. Very offensive, up and down the flanks all day, attacking with turns, assists, things like that. That we've thought we, that's what we've thought that you need to be a Liverpool fullback. And in terms of the centre mids, it's relentlessly covering those fullbacks all day, really. Safety net, regaining the ball, discipline, shouting at your teammates, English, workhorse, all that stuff, all them standing stuff that we've seen associated with Liverpool midfielders over the past like five years is what we've thought to expect going into the summer window. And I think we did a recent episode, didn't we, of an online transfer business and it was based on those profiles, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? You think Trent Alexander-Arnold moves up here, and days gone by someone would slot in over here, yeah. normally the right side of the centre midfielder. Equally... 
Robertson moves forwards and you've got someone slotting in a GUN album back in the day over on that side. And I think when we did that show you referenced just a, a few weeks ago, you're looking at it and going, well, Trent's playing right back and Andy Robertson's playing left back. So is Fabinho good enough was the question we were asking ourselves to be able to do the this role that we've seen from a Liverpool number six in his time at the club? Yeah. And are the eights good enough to be able to not only go that way, but go this way and this way as well at the same time? And exactly the same. I think Thiago's roles kind of changed the left-hand side a little bit. Yeah. I think, you know, one album did go a little bit further forward, but Thiago sometimes would maybe make it a little bit more like that. Um, and a, and a base of a two and, and sort of pull the string. So you could go back to the Genie Wine album mold, uh, or you could stick with the Thiago mold and have someone like pulling the strings there. Yeah. We always kind of knew what to expect from the front three. So in my head, three weeks ago when we did that show or whatever it was, I'm like, Sounds, we need three midfielders and I know exactly the types of player that we need. Yeah. Now, I'm clueless. <laughs> yeah, well, in my head, I've been thinking we need like defensive monsters in the centre. Like, uh, I, I've liked the idea that Casado join from, from Brighton. There's a lad called Manuel Garte from Sporting. He's an absolute workhorse in terms of covering ground and pressing and things like that. That's the kind of player that I thought we needed. Potentially a controller here, as you say. When Fabinho sucks over, Thiago sometimes does that. Henderson or Elliot does that. Maybe a little bit of a number 10 type vibe going on there. But this is what we thought that we wanted in terms of the summer. Planning ahead, picking out targets and things like that. Obviously, two weeks ago, we changed formation quite drastically, really. Uh, it's still 4-3-3 on the defensive side for the most part. But with the ball, Liverpool basically do this. Fabinho moves over. Trent joins him in the centre. Canati shuffles over. Virgil shuffles over. And Robertson shuffles over. And as a result of these two in the centre, occupying deeper midfield, these two lads go like that. And you've got your box. Oh, you're a big fan of the box, aren't you? Love it, mate. Love <laughs> to get in and out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Football, yeah. Yeah. Football, yeah. That's what happens, isn't it? You know, you get out of the box like that, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's Anyone? it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that, that's kind of what we're dealing with at the minute in terms of Liverpool in possession. And this massively impacts transfer business. Because if we do replace Simakas, sorry, if we do sell Simakas, we now need a left-sided fullback who is not so much doing this. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Not for me. <laughs> or for you, to be fair. His battery's running low. Yeah, it's but it's okay. Yeah, we don't want someone who's going to be bombing up and down. We want someone to tuck in yeah. a little bit more, like Nathan Ake has been doing for yeah. Manchester City. So maybe more of a profile of a centre-back rather than the profile of a left-back. Yeah, Nathan Ake's a good example. I think Joe Gomez is a good example on the opposite side. If Joe Gomez was left-footed, he'd be ideal for this. John Stones was doing it a little bit. Ben White was doing it for um, Arsenal. Um, so th that would massively change who we need in terms of a left-back. And in terms of centre-mids, I think the six maybe remains pretty much the same, apart from the fact he might be occupied with a, a, a teammate in the middle. But in terms of the eight specifically, it massively impacts the team. Because rather than getting a player who's going to cover full-backs and offer a bit of a safety net, you're asking your eight now to basically form a bank of five in the final third. They've got to be comfortable inside spaces. They've got to be threatened on the ball, really technical. And that completely changes the type of... Like, for example, I've just mentioned Casado. If we was to get Casado now, there's no way I can see him forming part of the five. No. For me, he'd be in the two. That then takes Fabinho out the team. 
and it keeps Henderson in the team as one of the bank of five, which is maybe a bit weird. I think Jones is generally well suited to it. Yeah, I think he's looked good in the last couple of games. And it's interesting because, you know, is it a case of, listen, you're playing for this starting share, Kurt? Or is it a case of we want to see whether you can back up the position if we buy someone for it? It could be a little bit of both moving into next season. The thing that I find really interesting about this is, first off, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, he's going to be doing that role from now until the end of the season, I think. Um, so we've got Fabinho who's going to be playing alongside him. When I look at these two positions here specifically, obviously the two teams that are playing this sort of box midfield at the moment, and, and I've been playing it for large parts of the season, you've got Martin Odegaard and you've got Granit Xhaka. And Granit Xhaka is actually very good at getting in between the fullbacks from that role. Mm. I know the guard sort of plays the 10 and plays those lovely little balls in and around. And for Manchester City, you've got Kevin De Bruyne and they've got Gundogan over there. And Gundogan as well is very good at getting in and getting goals. Yeah. And Kevin De Bruyne is the lad who's pulling the strings from those positions, much like Odegaard, different footed, of course. But And he, he to be fair to Kevin De Bruyne, it's not quite the same because he moves all over. Yeah. He's got that freedom, hasn't he? Now, when I think of Liverpool, we've spoken loads of times over the last few weeks about Harvey Elliott in this position. It, yeah. it does, I think, a profile player, it suits Harvey Elliott. Do we have this guy who can get in? Well, Kerr Jones has shown me he can do it. Yeah. But do we want someone who's better than Kerr Jones? And can we get someone who's better than Kerr Jones? And I think the answer to both of those questions is yes. We probably do want someone who's better. And yes, we can definitely get someone who's better than Kerr Jones. Can we get someone who's better than Harvey Elliott right now? I think the answer to that is also yes. With a view to him maybe being ready in a couple of years. Maybe not. Maybe he makes a big step up next season when the formation suits him, etc., etc. But what I'm trying to get at is Henderson for us has been the one that's been doing that mm. and Keith Jones was a little bit more of the creator in the last couple of games because you see from the draw against Arsenal Keith Jones is out here with this sort of pre-assist type of thing isn't he and then he flicks the ball and Henderson's in the middle of the box and gets a touch on it for Mo Salah doesn't he yeah do we have those players at the football club right now no are we getting linked with players that are of a similar ilk to the players that I've just mentioned to do those roles. We are, yeah. A lot of the links are, this, are these kind of players, to be honest. And that suggests that even though we've only just moved towards this three-two-five system, maybe Klopp's kind of had it earmarked as a thing for the past like six months or so, and he's only recently trying it out of necessity almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it does suit the kind of players that we've been linked with. Obviously, we're losing Naby, we're losing Ox, potentially losing Milner. And that would allow us to get in um, eight that are basically offensive-minded rather than players who are gonna who are gonna cover down here. You've basically got your back five there and your front five there in terms of players ahead of the ball and behind the ball. And as you said, I think Harvey Elliott is a really good player for this. I think Curtis Jones is a good player for this. But in terms of like starting eleven every week, challenging for the Premier League title, maybe they're not um, there yet. yeah, maybe they're not there yet. I think they can play a fair few minutes though. But in terms of like the Bruin levels or the guard levels, maybe you want a different kind of player. We should probably bring in the screen grab as well, just to maybe capture like what we're on about here. Uh, so we'll do that now. Obviously, you can see Trent coming in from the right-hand side to form this box in the middle. I will say that Gakpo in this moment is forming the box. Jones is a little tiny bit deeper, but imagine Gakpo is a bit higher up and Jones is where Gakpo is. Do you know what the, the first thing I thought when I saw this was... Is this just? Is there a potential for another wrinkle in this system? Because what it got me thinking is, okay, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, Kurt Jones. Currently, can you rotate that 
around to just get ask another question mark and that's actually shown in there so Kurt Jones move out to the left the position that he's grown up with Gakpo comes into the sort of 10 position it's a position from the false nine which is not difficult for him and Jota comes out from the left to go centre forward which again might just be another wrinkle <clears throat> for what we do and equally let's think about it the other way right go again Trent Alexander-Arnold Fabinho let's say it's Harvey Elliott this time and let's say Kurt Jones mm. or whatever, right? Can you do it again? Can everybody shift across? So you've got Gakpo, who's dropped in. You've got Moshel centre forward. You've got Harvey Elliott out wide. And you've got maybe Kurt Jones, who would probably stay that side, to be fair. Yeah. As a thing. And there we get the movement of what we used to do with the 4-3-3, where everyone's switching positions, but actually we're always keeping that box midfield. And I wonder whether that's something that we might see a little bit further down the line, because you want Salah in front of goal, you want Josh in front of goal, and Gakpo is the man, just like Bobby Firmino was the man for years, at getting out of the way and creating that space, and it's just a shift. In the same way the defence is shifting, the attack could do it at exactly the same time. Yeah, well, another idea that, that we could potentially look at that you've just kind of planted the seed in there a little bit is, let's imagine this was Darwin. If that's Nunes there... He's just missed. <laughs> probably has, yeah. <laughs> if that's Nunes there, though, he's got a box behind him in terms of a midfield that's going to construct moves for him. There's a bit less of an emphasis for him to do that. Yeah. He can stay away from the ball and potentially you can have Gakpo there as one of, like, the... Eight slash tens when we've got possession. He did play a bit of a thing like that, didn't he? Recently, when we did the the fourth two 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 episode, um, so I think Gapo could potentially do that. Actually, maybe you've got like an Elliot or a Henderson there. Then out wide here, you've got a, a Luis Diaz, and over here you've got a Salah, and then on the bench. Maybe a jot or something like that. Well, it works as well. I think anybody who's looking for a real world example just has to look at Manchester City for this. Yeah. Because the real world example is they ignore Haaland until he's in the six-yard box, yeah. essentially. And then he has one touch and the ball's in the back of the net. Yeah. And that's kind of what we want to be able to do with Darwin Nunes in exactly the same way, isn't it? So mm. I do think that both Gakpo can work in that. And I do think that Darwin Nunes can work in that position as well. Yeah. Both completely different profile of player. But with this system, I think we could get the best out of both of them and we could play a little bit more horses for courses. Yeah. But I think if you think of Liverpool's usual system, leave him over there for a sec, if you're going with the 4 3 3 like that. Hang you, on a minute, why did you move Harvey Elliott to right back? <laughs> We're just dealing with counters here. These are invisible <laughs> men. <laughs> but if, if you I, look, No, you, no <laughs> that was Harvey Elliott, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we doing that? I don't know where it was. I'm at least I'm not green anyway. Yeah, it's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at some of the players Liverpool have been linked with based on that system, just off the top of my head, I've, I've, I've listed a few of them Matthias Nunes, Alexis McAllister. Mason Mount. You sure it's off the top of your head? It looks like you're reading from the screen. <laughs> well, I listed these off the top of my head onto the screen. Okay, so right, I did so. write them down. Like uh, Ryan Gravenberg as well is another one recently. Maybe we can do an episode in him recently. Yeah, in definitely. Next couple of weeks or something. Um, but yeah, they're, they're players that are, like, in my opinion, very offensive-minded midfielders, despite the fact that this season Liverpool have been horrendous without the ball. So I've been looking at those links and thinking, the good players, don't get me wrong, but like, they don't address Liverpool's key concern. If we move... Can I do this, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trend, as long as it's trend. If we do this... I'll move the centre-half. I'm relegated <laughs> to just moving the three counters at the back at this point. <laughs> if we do this now, and you can imagine these players is Matthias Nunes, Gravenberg, 
Mount uh, McAllister, it looks a lot more like it makes a lot more sense to me. Those profiles look a lot more suited to those players. The, Gra the Gravenberg's one's interesting. Do you see him... I mean, a lot of people have sort of undecided on where he would play in terms of would he be one of these guys or would he be one of these? Are you, are you confident that he's one of these guys? I think I am, yeah. I think, in, I think he could possibly play both. Possibly. But I think towards the back end of his career at Ajax, he was playing a bit higher. Anyone who's watched him, he's very, very technical, kind of glides across the pitch. He's a bit like, um, when he's running with the ball, he reminds me a bit of, you know, Eze. Yeah, yeah Palace. Palace. He's a bit like that, mate, in terms of the way he carries the ball and things like that. Likes to carry it over large distances, a bit like Curtis Jones with that. So I can see him in the in the front bank of five. Um, okay. And obviously, that would then impact Liverpool's left-back targets. One of the players we've been linked with for left-backs, although it did recently get, like, debunked is uh, Indica from Frankfurt. I think he's out of contract this summer. Funny enough, be in for him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, he has played as a left back and a left side centre half. So uh, he would suit the bill. Uh, Gradiola is another one at Leipzig, but he's A, not for sale as someone according to Leipzig, and B, would cost an awful lot. But then he is a boy who'd read. We do need a player exactly like that. Well, he's left-footed as well, isn't exactly, he? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he can play that left-back role, can play that left-sided centre-half role, I think. The, the Guardiola one is, you know, if you've got unlimited funds, I think he might be your first choice at this point. One thing I wanted to ask you, Josh, because it's it's not been mentioned, and I don't know whether this is just me or, or, or what, but I always find that the left-sided centre-half, I think, is one of the most important positions on the field. Mm. I always like it when it's a left-footer, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Nobody's mentioned Virgil doing it, and I don't know why. Uh, is it just because he's this talismanic centre half that you think it's almost like a relegation to put him there? Because let me think out loud a little bit here. Joe Matip, I think, could do that role. Yeah. I don't think Joe Matip could do this role because okay. I don't think he's fast enough. I think Joe Gomez or, or Canate can do that role, but I don't think Matip does it. Yeah. I do think Matip can do this one, and I do think Virgil could do either. Is there a reason nobody's talking about that and maybe finding someone who's maybe a bit better at that? Well, I think first off, whenever Van Dijk does play in the back three, usually international duty, he does play as the central man. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's not used to playing on the left of the three for the start. And then secondly, when Liverpool are in the 4 3 3 shape, that would mean Van Dijk situationally plays as a left back and you just you would never want that um, that's something I'd never want to see really mm -hmm. I think he's a top defender obviously but in terms of playing as a full back at times no chance I'd rather Joe okay. Gomez out there I think This is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, but another player who potentially fits the bill just like randomly off the top of my head is, is Lloyd Kelly. Now, I don't think he's Liverpool quality, but we were linked with him a few years back when he was at, I think it was Bristol City. He's since gone to Bournemouth, who could get relegated. He's homegrown, he's English. I think if he's not captain of Bournemouth, he has captained them a few times because I've seen him wear the armband. And he, he can do the left-sided centre-back, left-back kind of role pretty well. There's not that many players out there who can do it to a very high level. Um, that's why they're quite valuable when they do come around, especially these left-footers. But if Liverpool can kind of... Like, one thing I've thought about in terms of funding a bit more of an expensive move for Guardiola is because of what we're doing here, if we were to sell Matip, Phillips and Simakas, we could technically replace all three of those with one player Mm -hmm. if we get a player who can do this. Because you'll have a player then who can play as a backup left-back or as a centre-half, yeah. Um, so maybe you, I don't know how much they'd raise but I suppose the next question for you then mate is why does no one think Andy Robertson can do this well I think so far I just, I just think he's done so far I think he's, he's done, done okay fine. and well yeah. for a start he was able to get up the pitch yeah. from it and you know get an assist no he was the one who played it into Gakpo wasn't he then played it to Mohamed yeah. Salah but the, the thing is I think the the, the on vogue sort of thing is to put a centre half there mm. but if your defenders Andy Robertson for me has no question marks about his defending no same yeah I think his defending's absolutely brilliant and what you're saying is when we're defending anyway we're doing that yeah so now if you if you were to say to me now the whole of next season Robertson will play that role and he's tucked in as a back three I'd be like okay sound. that's what I'm expecting anyway to be honest I mean more of a Simicast replacement I think we'd get in if we're sticking with this... But we, if you get Guardiola in, there is no space for Andy Robertson. True, yeah, yeah. Then he would probably drop to the bench, which I don't know how how much... But I don't want to see that, to be honest, thinking about it. Because it is nice that, even though we can suck in as a centre-half, it is nice he can still come do and that. do this you know, when he's needed. You've just got to be so quick and on it with in terms of what centre-half and Arnold's doing. Yeah. Because he, he somebody needs to... If he goes, somebody else needs to tuck in. And mm. it might be... That actually the easiest thing to do is the player that he runs past drops in. Yeah. But then somebody else has probably got to come back as well. So it's just I've got confused. <laughs> um <laughs> it's just one of them, isn't it? Like yeah. I think Andy Robertson can do it. Yeah. And I think it might be next year, to yeah, be honest. Possibly. I think you're probably right. I think as a as a backup, 
having someone who's going to do centre-half and left-back makes perfect sense, especially with Liverpool, with the way that the money's going and all that type of stuff and, you know, the potential of no European football. Um, that could be a difficult thing to have to do as well when you've got a lad there who I think can do the job. Mm. I think the only question mark on his shoulders is probably the physica- physicality side of things. He's not built like a centre-half, is he? I think he has played there a few times for Scotland, though, when Kieran Tierney has also been fit. I think one of them sometimes plays is the wing-back and the other one plays is the, the, the wide centre-half. And I think it's I think it's usually Robertson, but I might be wrong in saying Again, that. Again, like, when you defend 4-3-3, it doesn't really matter what... Yeah. Physically, if you're not a centre-half, does it? It's in possession. And in possession, Andy Robertson's a good ball player, so you'd, you'd fancy him out there. Um, yeah, but Liverpool have a real question mark now, though. In terms of this system, if this is going to stick and we're going to use this next season, it does dramatically change, specifically the centre-mids, in terms of the eights, at least, mm. that you're looking at. For me, it does anyway. Yeah. Um, you're looking more at like attacking mids who are, who are going to be good in the final. Another player who I haven't mentioned is, is Danny Olmo. Who plays for Leipzig? I think he's well suited to this. He's got the pressure background because he's been at a Red Bull club for the past few years. Um, but it, it really does change who Liverpool are looking at, for me at least. But it just depends whether this is temporary or if this is like a long term blueprint for Liverpool to use. I think it might be. And I think one of the things that we, we spoke about maybe last week or the week before was like if Liverpool were to do this, do you really want to be third? Um, in yeah. terms of doing it and I think the one thing that I've sort of realised and it was something Paul mentioned to me on the watch along is you might be third but if you've got the best ball player mm. in that position it might not matter if you're third to come to it and I think in Trent Alexander-Arnold we've got the best technical player because he's better than John Stones he's better than Zinchenko with the ball at his feet mm. um, so it might not matter so much because we're actually getting the best out of one of our absolute playmakers um, is there anything else you want to discuss I've got something I'm going to throw in at the end that I've not told you about well I was going to say then if, you, if you've got the you know we've got the best right-sided you know, inverted player talking inside. I also think if, if you think you've potentially got the best bank of five in the final third, you'll also do a lot of damage, obviously. Like if we've got Salah there, say, I don't know, Darwin there, Gakpo, Diaz, possibly Mount, that's a serious from five, that in terms of challenging for the league. You know, that's competing with City comfortably and it's up there. I mean, Arsenal have got Jacques, Odegaard, Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, that's a serious from five as well, but that that would take Liverpool up levels. That yeah, you know we're not getting carried away after the game and a half, <laughs> uh, but we absolutely are getting carried away after the game and a half. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to throw in there before I do come to this, you're not seeing it. Okay. Nah, you can't. Another care. You can see it. You can see it. Um, before I do that, we are leading directly into the second deep dive show of the week. We do two every single week uh, after this final segment. Uh, the second one is on why Liverpool needs European football. Uh, partly it's to fund this, uh, but we're going to take a deep dive into that, um, into the finances and the differences in finances of uh, what you need, what you get when you play Champions League football compared to Europa League. And we'll talk a tiny little bit about the Conference League because I don't really understand it. Um, <laughs> it's not that I don't understand it, it's just that I don't care to understand it. Um, I've not tried to understand <laughs> it. I've tried to avoid it, to be perfectly honest with you. So that'll be on Red Men Plus. The code is DEEP. Um, when you sign up as a club captain on the monthly subscription, uh, you'll get 50% off for the first three months. Um, take advantage of the code now uh, because we will be wrapping that code up and there won't be any more codes after that uh, so deep is the code uh, redmenplus.com is the website the deep dive is the show of course so one of our um, YouTube watches from last week messaged us and I thought it was a brilliant comment to be honest so it was killer dark 
Thank you for the comment. Um, I, Chris and Josh, I'm coming back to this after the Leeds game when Trent played the full game as the inverted fullback and just wanted to share what I've noticed. I think the biggest advantage to the box midfield is the build-up and the biggest beneficiary is Hendo. I feel one of our issues this season is our inability to play out from the back and effectively get into our usual shape where we pin the opposition in their box. That's why we keep losing the ball during transition, trying risky passes or just losing the ball because we're failing to build up. Hendo, with all his qualities, isn't comfortable receiving the ball in tight spaces or half turn and tends to not want to do it. Also evident in the fact he almost never wants to receive the ball from throw-ins. He also doesn't like dribbling or trying to beat a man like Thiago to open up a passing route. He's best at first-touch passes where he swats the run and loops the ball around or over the defence straight into the front line. Usually this isn't a problem because we have Firmino and Sadio who are insanely good at helping during build-up because they can drop deep to shield, turn and hold up the ball. But we really didn't need, we didn't have that this season. We usually end up going sideways or waiting for an eventual outlet that opens up. Having Trent come in as effectively a second six increases our pass routes, pushes Hendo further up and wider where it's safer to either lose the ball or try risky passes as well as his pressing ability if we do lose the ball. Yes, Trent is crazy good at passing the ball and he was brilliant for the one and a half game he's played inverted, but I think that's a bonus we've stumbled upon while solving our build-up problem. It just seemed much easier to get the ball back or press when we're in our usual shape where we cage the opponents in their half as well as counter-pressing when the opponents start to attack. I would love for your two's opinion on this, whether I'm right or wrong. Love the analysis type videos. Thank you for the taking time to write that, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That must have taken you a day. Um, so well done, you. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's got a point. I think in terms of like the the way the system works, obviously this the, it, there's your build up there. That's what we were talking about last week with Thiago. You want Thiago in that five, not in this five. So if you're in this five, you you are kind of away from the build up. And I think specifically it's benefited Henderson when it comes to like pressing. Essentially, if you're in this front five, you do have license to go and press, put pressure on the ball. You're already high up the pitch. You can lead there as well, can't you? Yeah. You can speak to those guys because he's closer to them. Yeah, you're already high up the pitch anyway. Um I still think though in this in these areas you still there's still an emphasis on on your shoulders to like keep the ball in tight spaces and, and link and find the penalty box with passes. So I think no matter what, he does have to be a bit more technical than he maybe is in certain situations, which is why someone like a mount or just a more technical, like a McAllister or something like that, would be better suited now. I think. I think Henderson's at a point now where we can use him as a pressing monster and an experienced, like leadership figure when we maybe need to see out games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but stylistically, yeah, I can, I can understand in terms of getting him away from the the build up and allowing him to focus on pressing. I think up here and maybe penetrating the box and things like that. What about you? Uh, so I'll, I'll put, pick up something slightly different from, from Killer Dark's thing. And it, it was, he, he sort of alludes to the fact that he believes it was because of the build-up. What I will say to that is, I do think you're probably incorrect on that, uh, with the greatest of respect. Only judging it on what Jürgen Klopp said in his post-match press conference um, after the win against Leeds, where he said he was asked specifically by Jamie Carragher on Sky Sports whether he moved Trent in there to get him on the ball more or to provide defensive stability and help Fabinho out. And the way that Klopp answered that at the time was a bit of both. But he said stability is the most important thing in football. You can't can't have stability in any football team if you don't defend well. 
Yeah. And I think if Jürgen Klopp's mantra is we've got to defend well to be able to do everything else right, then the reason probably isn't build-up. It was probably defensive stability. With the added bonus, and this is I think where you're right, is he'll have considered all things here that build-up will be affected and all that type of stuff. But I think if you asked him for his number one reason, stability and, and making sure we don't concede was probably his number one reason for this. Yeah, and I think a few people recently have been a bit like, maybe a bit confused at, at the front three he's been selecting in particular, would Jota stand ahead of Nunes, for example? And I think one of the things he said before the game was kind of like something like the forward players kind of have to understand that defending is the first and foremost thing and everything else comes secondary. And I think although Nunes is, you know, a chance magnet, massive threat and things like that, I don't think his defensive game yet is on the level of a Gakpo or a Jota. I think Jota was described when he first came in as a pressing monster. So it's a, it's a nice looking shape, isn't it? It's very offensive, it's very attack minded, but also I think the, the bottom line probably is just he wants Liverpool to get more control over the yeah, game. And I think the, the, the perfect example of what you're talking about with this man here, Diogo Jota, or this red counter, is that he wins the ball and gets an assist. He wins the ball on the edge of the box and we end up getting a goal. Yeah, and I, and I think I would ask everybody and I've said this on the show already this week I as much as I like Darwin Nunes I cannot see Darwin Nunes winning the ball here and Liverpool going and scoring a goal I can't see him winning the ball in the middle of the park and getting an assist hmm. it's just not his game he's the tip of the spear I think for me or get him out in space type of thing and hit the ball to him and see what he can create. So there you go. That's been this week's Deep Dive, Josh. Really enjoyed that. Really yeah. interesting stuff once again. If you do want to follow us uh, over on Redmen Plus, then get over there and use that code DEEP. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you, Killer Dark, for the killer comments. And we'll see you all next Friday. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 